Well, it is good to be back here in the pulpit today to see everybody smiling faces and rosy cheeks. I've really enjoyed Brother TJ's sermons through the book of James. How many has enjoyed those? I've really enjoyed those. Praise Yahweh. Uh, last week's was exceptional. And I'm thankful for brothers like him and Brother Tim as well, who's helped me out tremendously in the area of teaching here at the congregation. You know, when you work full-time and you do a boatload of other things, it's easier to prepare sermons every other week rather than every week. (laughs) So uh, I thank you, brothers, uh, tremendously. I'd intended to continue my exposition through Exodus 16 this week, and I'll get back to that soon. But I wanted to begin to share with you something that I've been going through since the Feast of Tabernacles. And I think it was either right before the feast or at the very beginning of the feast that I ran across a YouTube video put out by Torah Resource Radio. Now, Torah Resource is mainly the ministry of a man by the name of Tim Hegg, who, by the way, I greatly respect and enjoy listening to him teach. Very good teacher. I have a 10-part series of lectures on my iPhone by Tim Hegg, and it's titled, Why We Keep the Torah, 10 Persistent Questions. And in those lectures, he goes through the most common questions or rebuttals that those who keep the Torah receive from those who claim it's been done away with. And Tim's detail and scholarship is superb in this area. I would highly recommend that 10-part series to anyone. Well, Tim has a son. His son's name is Caleb. And Caleb has a radio show on Torah Resource Radio. He looks to be about my age. I don't know. I've not asked him how old he is. And recently, Caleb had someone email him or contact him about the Lunar Sabbath. And from listening to Caleb over the past month or so, I've gathered that the Lunar Sabbath is a new concept to Caleb. I don't think that he had heard much of it, about it, or studied much of it prior to being contacted by this person. So Caleb decided that it would be a good idea to take a video camera into his dad's office, which is Tim, and sit there and ask him some questions about the matter. Now, I subscribe to Caleb's YouTube channel. I'm a subscriber to that. So after he posted the video of him and his dad, I took a look at it and watched it. It was about 25 minutes long. And I felt that there was some misinformation and lack of understanding on the subject from Tim Hegg. I don't necessarily think it was intentional. I don't think he was intentionally saying wrong things about what we, people like us, believe. But it was obvious to me that neither of these fellows had done their due diligence in studying this particular topic of the Sabbath as regulated by the lunar calendar. And so I made an inquiry to Caleb, seemed like a nice fellow, and I asked him if I could come on the quote-unquote Rob and Caleb show. That's the name of Caleb's show with one of his brothers in the faith named Rob. And I asked him if I could come on the show and give a voice as to why some Torah keepers like myself, believe lunar Sabbaths is the best view to take on the weekly Sabbath. Now, I explained to Caleb in an email that I was not seeking to trash Saturday Sabbatarians, but instead explain lunar Sabbaths. 
I had made up my mind that if they allowed me to come on the show, that I would be as courteous as I possibly could be to them and to their views. My goal was not to downplay the way that they did things. My goal was to try to explain and correctly inform the public of the reason and the way that we do things. And my goal was also to explain and show that we're not crazy or loony, even though many label us as such. Although we might be loony, right, because the definition is having to do with the moon. So maybe we are loony. Maybe that's not such a bad word, right? Like Brother Arnold says, everybody needs to be brainwashed, right? Caleb responded to my email, by email, and he asked a few questions about the Lunar Sabbath doctrine, and I answered briefly in a follow-up email. And then his friend Rob responded, and I answered his question briefly as well. This was during the feast. And I expressed to Rob that I'd like to come on their show, and I'd be glad to just be asked questions and given the opportunity to give answers. I don't mind that at all. Matter of fact, I think any teacher of any subject, if he's going to teach the subject, should be open and willing to be asked questions and answer those questions directly, not him haul around. So Rob responded, and he gave me a brief synopsis in another email why lunar Sabbaths are contrary and wrong according to Scripture and according to history. And he ended by saying that they weren't going to allow me on the show. He said they'd spent one show going over it, and it was time to move on from that subject. Now, I was discouraged by this uh, because in listening to the show where they discussed Lunar Sabbaths, it was still evident that neither of them had given much time to study our position. There was a lot of downplaying and surface-level talk without serious, exhaustive exegesis of the points. And I was very surprised that even after Caleb said he had viewed a video that I made about Lunar Sabbaths, Defending Lunar Sabbaths, Part 1. I'm working on Part 2 and 3. Bear with me. Got a lot on my plate. But Part 1 you can view on YouTube. It's about 25, 26 minutes long, I think. He watched that video. He said he did. And I was surprised after he viewed that video that there was still misrepresentation going on. And thus the reason why I would like to come on the show and correctly represent what we believe because it is frustrating when people say this is what they believe and it's really not. It's frustrating. But they made the decision not to let me come on their show. I think it was a poor decision, but it's their show, so it's their decision. And I do plan on dealing with their statements against the Lunar Sabbaths in the future in sermons. So I guess it was after two shows that this went on, that they announced then that they would be discussing one of my other books on their show and that they would be mentioning me by name. Now, they never mentioned my actual name before this. They mentioned my video, and I knew they were talking about me because we were emailing back and forth, and they were just calling me John. So, see, we're not going to mention his name, but they said in this next show they're going to mention my name, and they said that the subject matter would be the deity of Yeshua. And for those that may not know exactly what that means, it's the belief that holds that Yeshua is Yahweh, or as commonly said, Jesus is God Almighty. And I don't hold to that view. And oftentimes people get very upset when they find out that I do not hold to that view. So I emailed Caleb and Rob again, 
and told them that I would appreciate. I was very careful to be very courteous uh, because we should be. We shouldn't be ugly about, about these things. I told them I would appreciate the opportunity to, to defend my book or my writing on the ear. And I said that I hoped that they would be so kind to give me the grace of a fair and balanced dialogue. I like Fox News advertisers, right? Fair and balanced. Now, as you probably guessed already, they wouldn't let me come on to discuss Lunar Sabbaths. They definitely didn't let me come on to discuss the person of the Messiah. About three or four days after this request, I received an email from Caleb that said this. And uh, I quote, I have the email on the screen. This is directly from him. Quote, Matthew, when we were talking about the Lunar Sabbath doctrine, I was under the impression that this was the dividing line between our theologies. I was unaware that you had put out a book refuting the deity of our Lord and Savior. When your book was sent to me by one of our listeners, I was sad to understand that the Lunar Sabbath is just a surface issue and that your theological problems run much deeper. As I see it, your book defames and dishonors the holy God who has given his life for the elect, which includes myself and Rob. I will not give you the platform to blaspheme and diminish his name. You have a website, you have a Facebook page, you have a Twitter and a YouTube account. If you would like to respond to what we say, feel free to do so. But I will not give any credence to such a view nor will I allow you to use Torah Resource Radio as a platform to spout theology that we can only see as anti-Yeshua, end of quote. Now, some of those are pretty strong words. And this isn't the first time that someone has made remarks like this to me. I've had phones slammed, hung up on me. Um, I've had people telling me I'm going straight to hell. And so it's not the first time that I've heard something like this. And I understand, I understand that they believe what they believe, but nonetheless it was disheartening. And I want to encourage, I want to encourage everyone, myself, everyone here, everyone listening over the phone, everyone that may hear this lesson later on, doesn't matter what subject it is, I want to encourage everyone not to answer matters before you hear them out. Do never do that. T.J. taught on that last Sabbath. Uh, there's a lot of that going on when it comes to lunar Sabbaths. A lot of it going on. People hear about it. They think it's crazy. They don't study it, don't research it. They find one point that they think combats it, and then they think that just makes everything crumble. And they've never really researched it diligently. The same thing goes on with the person of Yeshua. Uh, people go into either of these studies, Lunar Sabbath or the person of Yeshua, they go into either study with their mind made up looking for ways to refute it. Like I tell people that, that teach, I've talked to pastors and teachers before, and I tell them when you prepare a sermon, don't figure out what you're already going to say before you get into the Word. Let the Word determine what you say. Uh, people have it backwards. Now, people claim that they've studied these subjects, and some of them may have, but the majority have not. And I know this, I can say that, because I've discussed these two subjects with so many people who don't accept either 
And when you get to talking to them, they cannot answer basic questions about these topics. I do not say that to be mean or rude. I'm not trying to be that. I'm simply sharing what I've encountered personally. And let me say that I've done the same thing on other subjects. I'm guilty of this on other subjects as well in the past. I've been the one quick to speak instead of quick to listen and slow to speak. James 1. I'm learning that if I have not spent a long time really studying for the truth on a subject, it is best to keep my mouth shut, even though I might think that I know something. You do not learn a subject by going home and cramming one evening. I did that in high school, and it worked for the next morning's test. But I can't remember anything now. (laughs) There are some things that I do remember, but I didn't cram. I diligently meditated and went back over them and over them and over again, and I still remember those things because I used the proper study method. These things take months, and I will say even years, to piece together. Now, when I first read Caleb's email, I wanted to send an email right back. I read the email, wanted to send one right back. That was the flesh wanting to be harsh. But praise Yahweh for His grace that allowed me to step back, close the email, I stepped back, I prayed, and I spent some days praying and meditating about the matter. Well, I received this email right here that you're looking at on November the 3rd, and I responded to it this morning after watching Rob and Caleb's most recent show where they discussed my book for about 35 to 40 minutes. And to be fair, since I read Caleb's email to me, I want to read mine to you as well. Quote, Shalom, Caleb. Thank you for responding to my request. I watched your latest show on YouTube this morning, and it was disheartening to see a surface-level response. Caleb, if you are going to publicly address a book on the radio and call the author by name, you need to be willing to openly dialogue, discuss, and debate as well. Guys like James White and Michael Brown do it all the time. Which, by the way, those two names, those are big apologists in Christianity today. They do a lot of debating and discussion on radio and informal public debates. Moving on to my email. Your father was even recently on Brown's show discussing one Torah, even though Michael Brown views the teaching as dangerous. Truth doesn't have an agenda. It's just the truth. And it shouldn't turn down or be afraid of respectful, open debate. I'm not a mean person, Caleb. I just want an opportunity to openly dialogue and answer your accusations now of blasphemy and anti-Yeshua. I plan on doing a full rebuttal in which I will respond in detail to each point you made concerning the book I co-authored. I remain willing to come on your show or set up a formal debate on the subject of either Lunar Sabbaths or the person of Christ. I do thank you for your kindness. In all of this, I've not seen you or Rob as being rude or demeaning. I understand you believe what you believe, and I feel you've at least been kind in denouncing my beliefs, end of quote. So I needed to explain that to give you all the background, and so I have what has transpired on an audio sermon to anyone that will listen in the future. That's a little bit of background up to what I'm going to be talking about. I won't spend a whole lot of time here tonight talking about it. But today will be the first part in my response to the Rob and Caleb show on Torah Resource Radio that they posted November the 6th, 2014. Now, I want to just watch one clip of this today. 
one clip of the first thing that they say concerning me and my book on the show. As many of you know, uh, I said we might name names. We're going to name some names. Several weeks ago, we talked about the Lunar Sabbath, and uh, there was a gentleman who wanted to come on the show. We decided not to have him on the show. Long story short, somebody actually tracked him down, found a book that he wrote. That book was called, oh, wait, uh, yeah, here it is, Who Then Is This? And I suppose I should go to the title page so I can tell you who it's actually by. This is uh, co-authored by, well, it's two, two authors, John Cordero and Matthew Jansen. And so we started taking a look at this book, and quite frankly, it was very, it was a little bit sad, honestly. It was sad for me. And the reason why was because I had back and forth with uh, this Matthew Jansen, and I was very disheartened, honestly, and I've spent some time in prayer about this, very disheartened about the fact that he took the stance that he did. And basically, I'll, I'll just say this, my, my, uh, I, I've skimmed the book. I've read some parts in depth and reread some parts. I know that uh, Van Hoff over there has read even more than I have of this book. Oh, <laughs> hey, it's my con it's my son. Well, all right, uh, we'll, we'll keep going though. Um, so the the uh, it, I was disheartened to see the uh, the the outcome of this book. Basically, this whole book, this whole book is trying to say that Yeshua is not divine. Now, the first thing that I want to say to Caleb, he's the guy that was speaking on your left, is thank you. Now, what do you mean by that, Brother Matthew? Let me explain. He said that when he found out about my stance from looking through this book that I co-authored, he was disheartened and he was sad and he'd been praying about it. Now, I take that to mean, when I see that, when I hear him say that, I take that to mean that his heart was broken because I do not believe what he sees to be an essential matter of the faith. Now, even though I disagree with him on this, that lets me know that he cares about me and that he loves me to some degree. I don't know the guy personally. I think it's better sometimes, though, to have a personal relationship with someone before you have these discussions because you halt and you don't allow your temper to flare as much. If I had to guess, he's probably been praying for my eyes to be open. That shows that he loves me in an area where he thinks that I am condemned. And you know, I do the same thing with people on certain subjects. My heart goes out to people who do not accept Yeshua as the Messiah, the virgin-born son of Yahweh. My heart goes out to people who think that he was just a prophet or a man who committed sin like the rest of us. My heart goes out to people who actually do deny Yeshua as Messiah and think that the law is what justifies them. And I pray for those people. And when I say that, I mean that. I pray for them. I don't speak that haughtily. I speak it out of a desire to want them to have salvation. I don't say it sarcastically. I say it with heartfelt meaning. If Yeshua is who He says He is, or what he says he is in John 14 and 6. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father but by me. If he said that, and I believe he did, and it's true, and I believe it is, then to deny Yeshua for who he is condemns a person's soul to destruction. That's serious business. That's why I pray for those people.
I know some people that used to profess belief in the Messiah, and now they have denied that. And they go by only the Old Testament. I pray for their soul. I pray for their salvation. So I appreciate Caleb's concern, although I believe his concern is misplaced. Now the next part of that video clip has Caleb saying that he skimmed through my book. He read and then reread certain parts. And he says that Rob has read more than he. And that basically the whole book is trying to say that Yeshua is not divine. Now what he means by that, and this is very important that you catch this. What he means by that is that I am trying to say that Yeshua is not Yahweh. And to be perfectly clear, that is exactly what I believe. Yeshua is not Yahweh. I believe that Yeshua is Yahweh's son. That's what, I, that's what Brother Matthew believes. And as you know, there's much more to it than that. But in a nutshell, that's my beliefs, as well as the beliefs of many others in the history of Christianity and in this day and time. Now, I express it that way because the word divine carries with it too much variation. Properly understood, I don't have a problem saying that Yeshua is divine. So I just want to be clear by saying I do not believe, or let me say it like this, what I don't believe is that Yeshua is the Almighty, the Supreme Being, Yahweh. But, and this happens often, I do not want to be trapped into a discussion where all I'm doing is telling people what I don't believe about Yeshua. And you will try, people will try to trap you in that discussion. Well, you don't believe this, you don't believe that, you don't believe this. Don't fall in that trap. What you should first do, what I first do, is I talk about what I do believe about Yeshua. What I believe about Him positively before I discuss what I do not believe about Him. And I do this with John in the book as well. The first 24 pages of the book present the positive case that Yeshua is the Son of Yahweh, the unique, virginally conceived Son of Yahweh. And throughout the book, Yeshua is spoken of positively and never negatively. We never downgrade Yeshua's Messiahship or His being the unique or only begotten Son of Yahweh. Let me spend a few moments telling you everything that I believe about Yeshua in a nutshell. I believe that Yeshua existed in Yahweh's Lagos or plan from all eternity, being the most important chief element in that plan. I believe Yeshua was conceived miraculously by the power of the Holy Spirit and born from a woman who had never been intimate with a man. I believe that Yeshua never sinned, not one time. He perfectly kept Yahweh's law and was thus the antitypical, unblemished lamb. I believe that Yeshua could not have sinned because this would have thwarted the plan that Yahweh already ordained in His sovereignty to save His people through the person and work of His Word that became flesh. I believe Yeshua died a sacrificial substitute death on the tree for His people, thereby taking upon Himself the penalty for sin, which is death. I believe that when we accept Yeshua, the Son, by faith, that His righteousness is imputed to our account and our sins are imputed to His account and we stand before Father Yahweh perfectly, not because of our own works, but because of the works and only because of the works of His precious, dear Son. 
And I believe that the grave could not contain Yeshua of Nazareth. And on the third day, He was resurrected by Yahweh to immortality. Our faith in Yeshua now promises that we too will be resurrected to immortality at His second coming. And I believe that Yeshua was soon taken up into heaven after He resurrected. And He took His seat at the Father's right hand. I believe that's not just spiritual, but also literal. I believe He has a throne on the right side of Yahweh's. Where He's still at today as the mediator between us sinful men and the perfect Father Yahweh Almighty. And I believe that Yeshua is coming back to this earth to establish Yahweh's kingdom by Yahweh's law. And I believe that those who reject Yeshua for who He is will be ultimately destroyed in the lake of fire, which is the second death. I have the utmost, deepest respect for my Lord and Savior, Yeshua of Nazareth. And if anyone ever tells you otherwise or tries to say that I don't, please ask them to listen to what I've just said in this sermon. Far be it for me to ever speak one single negative word about Yahweh's Son. Not going to do it. I love Him, and I'm a sinner saved by the grace of Yahweh that He gives me through His Son. 1 John 4, 14-15 says this, And we have seen and bear witness that the Father hath sent the Son, Savior of the world, Whoever confesses that Yeshua is the son of Elohim, Elohim stays in him, and he in Elohim. Now, I believe that verse tonight with every fiber of my being. And I confess that today, and I confess it forevermore. Now, there are certainly things I do not believe about Yeshua, but it isn't degrading to not believe something about Yeshua if the Scriptures do not ascribe a certain position to him. If the Scriptures teach that Yahweh and Yeshua are separate, then to give Yeshua the position that Yahweh alone holds does do some degrading. But that someone that is degraded is not Yeshua. It is Almighty Yahweh. Yeshua Himself said that this is life eternal. To know you. He prayed to His Father. He said, to know you, the only true mighty one, and Yeshua, whom you have sent. John 17, 3. This is life eternal to know you, the only true mighty one, and Yeshua, whom you have sent. Yeshua does not place himself in the category of the only true mighty one in John 17, 3, but rather he's the one who was sent by the only true mighty one. And eternal life is dependent on knowing the Father and the Son. You cannot have eternal life if you just claim to know the Father. You have to have the Son too. It's a package deal. It's like if you spit in Benjamin's face, you spit in Matthew's face. If you don't let Benjamin show up at your door, you don't let Matthew show up at your door. It's a package deal. Yeshua himself said that there was something he did not know. Therefore, he's not omniscient. Omniscient is a fancy theological word that means knowing everything. What he didn't know was the day or the hour of his return. Mark 13, 32 records him saying, But concerning that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. I've heard so many gymnastics to try to get around that verse. 
I've had one man tell me, well, he didn't know, but he did know. But Yeshua said that he didn't know. That's what he said. I didn't say it. And this means that Yahweh knows more than Yeshua. And if that's the only thing that he doesn't know, that's enough to prove that he's not all-knowing. And that shouldn't upset us. I remember the first time somebody told me that. It did upset me, but it shouldn't because it's what he said himself. Yeshua also made this statement in John 14, 28b. He said, The Father is greater than I. Here again, we can come up with all sorts of ways to work around this, but what does greater than mean? Well, I think it means greater than. I think it means that Yahweh is the head of Yeshua, just like Yeshua is the head of every man. And this is how Paul puts it in 1 Corinthians eleven three. He says, The head of the woman is the man. The head of every man is Christ. And the head of Christ, King James says, is God. And shouldn't we listen to who Yahweh says Yeshua is? Shouldn't that hold the most weight? It does with me. With me, it holds the most weight to listen to who Yahweh says He is. You would think that it would hold the most weight with every Bible believer. Well, we have a record two times where witnesses heard Yahweh's voice from heaven. One of them was at Yeshua's baptism in Matthew 3.17. It's also recorded in Mark and Luke. And the other on the Mount of Transfiguration in Matthew 17.5 also recorded elsewhere. And in both cases, the witnesses heard the voice say this about the man that was born from the virgin woman in Nazareth. They heard the voice say this, This is my beloved son. This is my son. This is my son. I take delight in him. Listen to him. Yahweh says that Yeshua is his son. I believe what Father Yahweh has told us. Now, it does not degrade Yeshua to speak what Holy Scripture speaks about him. It doesn't degrade him at all. It's simply putting him in his proper position. It's the position that Yahweh gave him. When you speak about Yeshua as the Messiah, which means the Anointed One, and when you speak about Him as the Son of Yahweh, you are honoring Yahweh. Yahweh loves it to hear you talk about His Son like that. Yahweh loves it to hear you praise His Son. Yahweh loves it to see you bow down to His Son. Why? Because that's His Son. That's the one that He sent. That's the means of salvation. That's how He planned it out from the beginning. It honors Yahweh. Yahweh takes delight in hearing us speak correctly about His Son. And I guarantee you that Yeshua would want us to speak correctly about His Father, Yahweh. And that's all that I am doing. So have I committed blasphemy? Am I anti-Yeshua as I was accused of being? That cuts to the heart. That makes me want to fight back. I have to be careful because what does Yeshua tell us? We just got through studying it not long ago. Love your enemies. Do good to those that persecute you. Pray for those that speak evil about you. I haven't committed blasphemy. I'm not anti-Yeshua, that's for sure. I've done neither of those things, yet I've been accused of that numerous times. 
And as we'll eventually see, the believers in Scripture, the believers in the Bible, separated Yahweh and Yeshua. And even, and this is not as well known, but even the earliest of what's called the church fathers, the pre-Nicene fathers, the pre-Nicene council, 325 AD with the Nicene council, where the Trinitarian doctrine was formulated to some degree, pre-Nicene council, you see the earliest church fathers separate Yahweh and Yeshua. They held Yeshua in high esteem, but they recognized he was not Father Yahweh. He was Yahweh's son. And Yahweh's will, we'll get to that more in a, in a couple weeks. TJ's going to teach next week. So let's stand and have a word of prayer as we close. Heavenly Father, I love you. I love your son. I'm thankful that you filled me full of, with your spirit. I pray, Father, that you would use this sermon and the ones to come after it to your glory. I pray, Father Yahweh, that you would keep me humble. I'm very passionate about what I believe, but I pray you keep me humble and teachable and loving and gentle and kind and long-suffering in this regard. I love Caleb, Rob, and Tim. I do not speak evil of any of them. I do believe that they have wrong doctrine and need to be corrected. And so, Father Yahweh, help me to do that in the right way, in the right spirit. And above all, I pray that these sermons would bring glory to you and your son. That's, that's my goal. Um, and so people are not misinformed and, and uh, are forced into believing something that there is no scripture for. I love you, Father Yahweh. I pray that you give us a good week, six working days. Bring us back here next Sabbath to do this all over again and hear Brother Tiche in his next lesson through, uh, through the book of James, Yahweh's will. So... Uh, it's through your son we pray. Amen.